Let's get it rolling then. Everybody, welcome back yeah. to the We the Patriots podcast. I'm your host, Sal Asante, and along with me, my co-host, I have Andrew Grasso with me today. Um, and uh, we have one of our most, uh, I would say the most looked forward to show for me, and I know for Andrew for a long time. Um, this has been in the works since Scott Brennan was on last year for our Memorial Day show. And now we have on Draven Rafe. So I hope I said that right. Because I've heard your name said 52,000 yeah, different pretty words. much Draven Rife. It's like, all Draven right. Draven Rife. All right. All right. Well, introduce yourself, my friend. You have way too many talents for me to name. Yeah, so give us just a little, you know, background on you. Like, you know, a lot of your talents. That's what okay. um, I'm from a town, Boone County, West Virginia. It's like a little coal mine town uh, here in the mountain state. Uh, I live in Charleston now, which is the capital city. Uh, I did all kinds of different jobs growing up. I, I played college football for a little bit. That was like my really first grind and passion young in life. And uh, then I got into doing some business and marketing stuff, which led me to learning how, how to like do videos, uh, like do music videos for people. So from there, I, I started filming musicians. I'll go on tour with them. And I started like a little YouTube channel uh, called Radio WV where I was just like, basically, it was like uh, similar to like Tiny Desk Sessions, I guess you could say by NPR, except for it was in random locations. Like I would go to where the artists actually lived, you know, like their town and, and things. Uh, I did that for a couple of years and then I started learning how to play music and I'd always freestyled and stuff like that in high school, like, you know, for fun. Uh, but then I started putting out some music for real. And uh, that's about where I am now. I've I've been up and down with like going real hard in the marketing for a little bit and then stopping. It's just that when you're doing stuff for other people, uh, then like you're dealing with life stuff too. Um, I'm not, you know, in a super big hurry or anything like that as far as my music goes. So I'm just, one of those people who's just trying to figure it out, you know, I'm in no rush, uh, but I'm not going to be super lazy with it, but uh, I don't want to just like force anything. So, you know, I'm just like writing and seeing where I'm at. And that's, that's a little bit about me. So you said you started off when you were kind of following other musicians. Was there anybody who kind of took your YouTube channel off? Yeah. Um, if you look us up, uh, well, the first video I ever, ever did, was this dude named um Mikel Buck he was on The Voice uh back in the day he was on I, I wanted to get there with you I'm actually a big fan of his oh nice nice yeah well he uh he was the first person ever at it started what I used to do when I was in college I got this internship I'll try to tell it in the fastest way possible I got an internship working uh for a lady who made cosmetic products I was into chemistry stuff for a little bit and I came in with them. I knew a little bit about social media marketing and stuff and uh, branding and, and whatnot. And I basically talked my way into it and I became a partner in this company while I was an intern in college. It was just like a startup. This lady had got some government grants. She was a chemist. She could make some stuff, but I had to like figure out how to 
help them turn their expertise into like actually making money. She had some stuff that was just regular run of the mill cosmetic products that would be super hard to compete with. This is in like 2014, 2015. It would be like super hard to like make shampoo and lotion for women and go out and try to like make something up because all these huge brands with this huge budget. They just have the market cornered. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So so beards were starting to pop off at the time. Like beards weren't a huge thing yet. And around 2015, beards started taking off. So I got the idea, well, let's like do beard stuff. Like, so I had this company called Burley Boy Beard Products. So we used our lab space and everything to make these beard products. We also, I, I, so I would like get ambassadors. We, we would get us in barber shops. Uh, I had like some athletes who, who would rep our stuff. You know, I got us in about 80 stores or so in about a year. And I got, um, we had some other, like I, some hunting scent products that we ended up doing. It was separate from that, but still out of the same lab we ran. And uh, the Mikhail Buck, I got a hold of him to be an ambassador for my beard company. And I was going to start doing these videos separately from Burley Boy on and I started Radio WV as like a secret way to market my beard company that way it wasn't just like Burley Boy beard sessions or or anything like that so his first video pops off okay because we did it and around what were you saying yes NKMU NKMU was the very first uh I remember sitting on my toilet, like I had no idea about recording music or anything. My friend, me and my friend, John, that's who I actually started with. His name is John Price. He's the only other person I knew who knew how to do audio recording on a MacBook for music because he came to my house and had me freestyle on a song back like my freshman year of college once. And uh, so I called him. He meets up with me and me and him uh, both record Mikhail. And we had M came here. I remember getting home and listening to my laptop, and that wasn't the song that we were even supposed to release of his. Uh, we ended up, I was listening to it on, like on the toilet with my headphones on. And I was like, dude, this is the one. This is the one. So we posted it and it blew up on Facebook, our first video on the page. And over that, like two weeks, my business partners that I'd worked with for two or three years doing the cosmetic stuff started like being shady towards me. So then, like, I found out some stuff they were doing with, like, that I didn't agree with as far as, like, hiding some – I failed, at least, was hiding some money from me, like, as far as a uh, – like, they had a separate corporation that I didn't know about. So, like, some of the stores that would reorder, instead of, like, going through the LLC that I was a part of, it was, like, going through something separate. And I was always broke while our company was making money, so – I don't know, just one of those situations uh, where, I, where we just decided that, okay, I take Brady WV, you guys can have the beard company, you know, and it. went my own way, you know, so. Got it. So how's Radio WV doing today? I mean, I noticed you guys post sporadically. Yeah, uh, we, like, I'll, there were times in the beginning where, like, I would go really hard with it. Like, I mean, I would, I was, like, living out of my 03 Jeep Liberty there for a little bit, like kind of like I would go in in the beginning, I was like actually going and living with these musicians. Like there was some people who would just be like, like my friend John Basson was living in like a little shack on a woman's farm and just doing farm work. Uh, he He's the guy with Appalachian Moon, if you look it up there. It's, a, it's like a little over half a million views on there. Wow. Uh, 
but I, I was I remember like living with him and like just like really like I don't know roughing it to get that channel started and there in the beginning I would go hard with it for a little bit while John my partner who's 50-50 I'm ready to be while he would be like doing other stuff in life then I would run out of money and have to get like a real job for a while and he would you know pick up some of the slack and then he would be the one who's posting the videos and there for a while we kind of would do that to where I would do some stuff for a while John would do some stuff and every once in a while we would do some videos together but now um we've recently started to where it's like it's growing pretty fast, so we're, like, on the ball. Like, we're both posting and putting out content on there. So, Are you guys able to collaborate at all on anything? Uh, who? Me and John, my, yeah. my partner on it. Oh, yeah. We um, we just now filmed. He set it up with this kid, a kid named Jake Kahn. Okay. Uh, he's, like, this 15-year-old kid with a voice that sounds like a – I don't even know. He's, like, a super deep voice. I don't right. know if you can pull it up, but it's he has like a he has like the he's his own musician, he's his own style. But can you pull it up? I can pull it up. What was his name? Jake Khan, J-A-K-E space K-O-H-N. Yeah, and see should, if I can pull Radio WV should pop up. Do the oh Lorraine. Oh my goodness. Do the Lorraine. It's like a new new post. You can just listen to a little bit of it. I don't know if you can hear this. I've been held up here. It's been raining all damn day. Banks all closed just as soon as I go. Cast my pay. Talk's been going round. Wish you to strike me down, down. Did it? Yeah, he. Uh, see, that's just one of the kids that like. And me and him did him. Uh, we blew the Logan Hoff set up. John shot those sessions. Uh, yeah, he's the kid who had the dark black coal song that was that went huge. Uh, I, was, we, I was actually just gonna ask about that. Were you with? What were you saying? I was gonna say I was actually gonna ask about Logan Halstead. So he's very intriguing to me as well. Kind of like. Uh, Mikel Buck and the song Dark Black Coal. Like, where do you find this talent, man? Well, it's crazy. Um, obviously, I get hundreds of messages on that page of people, you know, trying to get on it and stuff. Um, at first, I just found Mikel through, I guess, just chance, personal connection, chance or God or whatever, you, you know. Yeah, the beard stuff. Up. What led me to Mikhail, but then after that, uh, I met a girl named Emmy Davis, and she she has a song on there called Netflix and Chill. She's a great singer and songwriter, but she basically introduced me to, like, the music scene, 
in Huntington, which led me to meet John Basson, who had Appalachian Moon. He, he's like played some shows with Culture Wall and Childers and them. And he introduced me uh, to a bunch of other people that I met. You know, I, I just like ran around with him and lived with him and camped out with him and stuff for a while. I met a lot of those people uh, in the Huntington scene, which is where Tyler Childers got his start. So that's where he really – the Huntington, West Virginia, it's like right on the line of Eastern Kentucky and West Virginia. So all of that area is like really close in the music scene together, I guess you could say. And uh, from there, it is just – it's honestly word of mouth. Like I don't go and search people out, I guess. Um you know, it's just right. usually the musicians we work with, they'll recommend other people. And that's how I guess that's our vetting process, you know. Right. I don't try to work with anybody who's like, I mean, I would do uh, work with big artists, but, you know, we get all kinds of, I mean, you can send us like an press kit or whatever. Really, all it comes down to is the songs. Like if if we... Like I can click on 10 songs and tell you if they're going to do good, you know, within 30 seconds of listening to them because right. our page, our Facebook page is popping. Like our YouTube channel does good and we have 30 K, but really the reason we've been able to like grow so fast and get to, I think like 36 K on YouTube in a couple of years is our Facebook page because hmm. we we have such like a dedicated Facebook audience. Like if I post on there, I've been like, we've been like really scrutinous on what time we post, what day of the week. Uh, you know, we just, I don't know, man. It's once you keep doing it, you just know, you just have like an ear, I guess you could say um, for the stuff. And uh, right. yeah. Well, that's not, what do you shoot your videos on? Just curious. I shoot them. I have a Sony. I'll show you right here. It's uh, just uh, I do everything handheld. I, that's that's another thing. Is I think that one thing that makes our videos cool. I have this. It's a Sony AS or A7S2. It's I got mine used, refurbished, so it wasn't it wasn't a whole bunch. But I have like a, a lens, and I always do manual on my lens. So like while I'm shooting, like I'm like the whole time I'm like manual zooming, like like the whole time and I'm handheld. So I try to film uh, most of my videos. Like I film them like a musician. Like I, I, I try to film them and kind of almost like dance with the rhythm of the song. I even try to edit them that way. And I think that has some kind of weird psychological effect on why all of our videos on Facebook go viral. Maybe I'm wrong. And maybe it's crazy, but you know, I mean, it works. It nobody works. else is posting numbers like us on Facebook when it comes to music, except for the Country Rebel page. That's the only, and like I think there's this one other huge bluegrass page that just reposts like old videos and stuff. But as far as like sessions, Facebook page, Facebook numbers. Uh, there's nobody who's doing numbers like us. I mean, it's nothing for us to get a 500k video. Mm -hmm on there like weekly at times that's great uh but man and it's just all about when it all comes down to that's like we're to that point now where we're like focused on all that stuff but 
really that stuff doesn't matter. All it comes down to is just like from the, the bare bones, like you guys are having people on that you would like to hear about or, or the conversations you would like to have or the conversations you guys would like to listen to. That's what i done is the songs that we would like to listen to that people wrote or whatever. We just knew that we could give, we could do it in a professional way to where it could like get out to the world. Sure. You know, absolutely. And, and we thought, well, we're pretty like down to earth people. We don't have like any crazy eccentric taste or anything, even though I am into some weird stuff like some weird indie type vibes and stuff. But I thought we just knew that if we just picked music that we truly knew was good, um, we would, and we just posted it like it would be, you know, because you don't have to go down to Nashville to get like great musicians. Honestly, there's probably right. better people in the real world because they're singing about real like world experiences, you know? I'm a huge believer there's better talent outside of Nashville, especially nowadays. I can't listen to mainstream now. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's not – and when you're actually in, inter, like, in entertainment, one thing – like, when we first started gaining traction, which we're still small. I mean, compared to compared to other pages and stuff, we're still small. Um, but when we first started gaining traction, one mistake we could have made that would have limited us – and I see this with a lot of music pages. I'm just speaking on music stuff. But they'll try to get like they'll try to play the game of the lo- of the scenes of the local scenes. They'll be like, okay, well, since I had this person on, say they're a part of the same booking company as like several other bands. They're like, well, we should go and record them and them and them. And like some of the bands that are getting booked at the big venues, you know, there are some great ones, but there's some that are just sneaking in on the name. Yeah, that are sneaking in on like connections or, and, po- and music and politics in, in the stuff because it's there's politics in, in that as well. So like we had didn't just go right along and record everyone just because they're someone. You get what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, I'll take a kid from up the road. You know what I mean? Like a regular that. kid who's maybe never even played a show before. We've did that. Who's never even played a show before, and hear his song and say okay well that's people will love that record that then put it out there and it do like truly in the note like you know a zillion times the numbers that if we would have went with a person that someone important said we should record you know right. well i think that's that a, that goes into our next question pretty well andrew if you wanted to uh see what's going on there yeah i mean that's just the talent and the ability to be able to to listen to an artist just the first 30 seconds of their their song like you were saying before and like determine whether or not people are going to like that to have that kind of ear like that's a talent in and of itself and i mean that it's obviously really working well for you guys and you know it's great to see thanks man i guess it's um yeah absolutely it could be a time it could just be something i don't know like god has has me do or something but at the same time it's like there's, you know, with a podcast, it's like you're, you know, a lot of people are very like stern and opinionated and like in their craft or in their profession. But when it comes to me, I, I guess there's so many things that are have a flip side. And like being, uh, you know, there are times where you have to like 
step back. And I have friends who are big producers who've had some number one billboard hits. Uh, my friend, I do some videos for a dude named David Morris and his, a guy, my friend who produced my album, who's produced several of his songs who produced like the Dutton Ranch freestyle song as well. Mm. See, they're more on like the, a little bit more mainstream side of music. They're not on the more like uh, folky side of stuff. They're more on like the, like the rap, hip hop, pop country type stuff. But they, uh, one thing with like, when you get, when you get to where you're like, all right, 30 seconds in, is that a hit or is it not? Like it's good or that's great or that's going to resonate or is it not? Sometimes you got to take a step back because then you can become one of those people who like you become what we just talked about. The thing that made the page great in the first place was right. being opposite of that industry. Oh, that's great. People are going to love that. You know, it's like, it's a, ble- it's, it's like, a fine balance for sure. Yeah, You have to always be checking yourself. Right. You'll be like that for a while and that'll work for a little bit, but then you got to be like, hold on a second. Because that could hurt us in the beginning. It was, I was doing that a lot and we were only doing like coal mining stuff. Like, like, you mm. know, like we got to make other songs that, that don't have, just have to do with like coal mining and, and stuff like that. And that's no offense to that. Cause that's true. And it's real life. And you know, I mean, my dad, like, I love that stuff. Like that's actually part of what really, drew me to the channel at first was just some of the yeah. real raw like uh bluesy kind of sound like just sending the message out like this is real life here and this is our life here in coal country yeah exactly 100 so i wanted to talk a little bit about your music if that was all right draven of course um, so you definitely got into that scene a little bit later now i was curious the first song that I don't know if it was the first song Andrew saw of yours, but the first song I saw of yours was The Letter to a Senator. Yep. Was that your that first, song, first that song released out? I think that, honestly, I think that, like, was my first song that I ever even, like, did a music video or anything for. Um, it might have not been the first song that I ever wrote, but it was definitely one of the first ones, like, after I picked up a guitar that I started writing, like, learning the guitar for, like, a year and a half or something, and then started writing songs and that was one of the first ones i wrote yeah. well as soon as i heard that that was the day i messaged you nice so how did you come across it if you know so it was him i'll let i'll let andrew um, yeah it, that was actually all me so over 2020 right like i'm a big music guy i write i play i big music buff i, I like to find a lot of deep cuts love a lot of different types of genres but country music yeah although i'm from new jersey love country music always resonated with me always yeah spoke to me in a certain way right um so like i was saying before i was kind of getting away from the mainstream nashville scene and i was trying to find deeper cuts like on youtube over covid right because there's nothing else to do i'm like i want to find some good music here so i think i came across mikhail buck i think i came across the NKMU, and then the with me now which is also a great song and then i it was just like a youtube autoplay thing right then this letter to a senator came on right and it was just so haunting and chilling. And I was listening to the lyrics and I was like, you know, this is a message that needs to be said. And this is a message that needs to get out there. And if you don't live in coal country, generally you don't know about it. And like, you're what, four hours away from us here in New Jersey. And people here have no idea of what goes on 
with with that, right? I, I kind of want to water it down for the YouTubes, but with what it's about. The Subox, yeah. like, you know, the opioid addictions and marijuana not being legal and the sketchiness that can go on between state government, federal government, big pharma, um, and it not really, like, kind of like turning a blind eye to the good side effects of cannabis and how it can really help those in pain. And I found it particularly intriguing too. How in the video at the end, right, there's a quote, the reason we can't get medical marijuana as a treatment for opioid addiction is because all the money that Subox Suboxone is tied up in our state. West Virginia legislative member unnamed, which I have found, it was very eerie. I love that you kind of threw that in there unnamed, but you, you have a state assembly member admitting, right, that Big Pharma has so much money tied up in this interest that they don't have people's own interest. They don't have, they, they don't have their constituents' interest as their primary focus, right? It's always money. And it's, it's really sad, and especially a state like, like West Virginia, where it has always historically been very blue-collar, right. um, a lot of mining. You have a lot of those injuries, right? Back injuries are so common, right? Back pain is so common, just physical ailments, right? Where you get hooked on these opioids. And if there's a better alternative, you would think that the state government there and Big Pharma would actually be pushing those to actually pushing those drugs that would actually be effective and not just sell. Right. Yeah. Man. So, so where was that inspiration though? I'm curious. Well, um, that inspiration, um, the inspiration was actually from a time when I was uh, uh, smoking a joint with a dude who was on the House of Delegates <laughs> of West Virginia. And he told me that the reason that they, you know, that quote, the reason that they couldn't get it approved for a tr for like as a treatment, like on when they were doing medical cannabis, they had all these requirements to get your card whenever they were first trying to get it medical in West Virginia. And it was like cancer, glaucoma, limb, you know, losing a limb, stuff like that. But one of the things they couldn't get on there was opiate addiction or help with opiate addiction or, you know, right. And, or relief. I'm not saying it's going to make like be like a replacement. It's not going to make you quit tomorrow. Yeah. But, you know, one of the reasons he said they couldn't do that was because of all the money that was tied up in the, the house and stuff. And I'll say this, man, and you were asking why, like, why wouldn't they do that? Like, you know, why wouldn't they put extra care into that whenever the state knows what's going on? Dude, it's like this. One, human nature. And that comes down to, dude, look at any company. Right. Okay. Uh, any private labor force. You, you have like some laborers who are on the company clock. You'll see them, you know, hiding under a bridge when they're supposed to be like working on a job. Like they're just getting company time, you know, on, on the clock. I mean, everybody does it. It's just that, you know, so it's just, it's just human nature. They're in these positions. It's a job. It's not like these guys are striving you know, for greatness in the Senate. Yeah, it's not like it's like Nelson Mandela or something like, and these guys are, are Bo they're Bob Marley. Right. And all. These dudes, it's a job and they're trying to make as much money as possible. Right. And it's politics. And 
you know, if they vote this way, they have a lobby group that's going to like, you know, somehow through some dinner or luncheon or some kind of charity thing that they're going to donate this to their campaign if they agree on this. You know, it's mm-hmm. they're trying there's their guys trying to make a living. And that's what it is. It's just that, like in America, we've glorified politics. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's, exactly my point. That's, like that. that's exactly right. my point. Like that's that's exactly where the point that we've gotten to where, like you said, we glorify politics in America and it's a job. But while we're glorifying politics, we're also assuming that and we, we kind of accept the notion that they actually care about us, that they want to serve us. And that's where the disconnect is because, like you said, it's just a job for them. Human nature doesn't escape someone just right because of their job title, right? Just because they're an assemblyman, right? Human nature is still going to be human nature. They're still going to look for the path of least resistance. You know, money talks no matter who you are. You always have to follow the money, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what it comes down to, you know? And uh, I just, and I'd heard <laughs> stories. Um, a lot of the inspiration for that song was, uh, I heard stories about, and, and this is not me, you know, some people, if that's, if Suboxone is what they use to, and that's what has helped them, I'm no one to tell them that's wrong or, or to do it this way or that way. Sure. I do know stories from my brother who's an addict and like many other people that, that, that it is really addictive to get off of. So it is like, I just like, lost a, I just lost a family member this year to it, man. It's, it, it's like seven years. I'm sorry about that. It's like seven years or something to get off. Like that's the plan. Once you're on it is like seven years to get off of it. Um, you know, it's just, I mean, that's a business just like, I think like, you know, you've getting people off of the drug is absolutely a business. Yeah. You know, um, that was getting people on the drug. Yeah. It's all business, man. And even, even politics, like we were saying, it's just, I mean, I know and I know Sal knows damn well that, you know, those in political power don't necessarily really don't want to help us at all. It's just I don't like the the facade and the pretense that, oh, these people are that we need to glorify them, that these people are here to come in and save the state or save the world. Right. Like that's just so far from the truth. Yeah. And that's why in that, you know, that song when I said um, I said something like. Spox, I said something about the politician. I haven't played it in so long. I'm sorry, it's my own lyrics that I'm not remembering. But I said, I've got to eat. I said so something about the politician. I've got to eat, and so do you. Yeah, I've got to eat, and so do you. Yeah. If I don't win this election soon, I'll be thumbing on the road with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like a politician right. talking to a homeless dude. He's like, dude, I've got to eat too, man. You know what I mean? Like, I've got right. to do. What I've got to do, and I guess you know, that was kind of my hu- like humanizing them in a way. But I don't feel sorry for any anyone who's who's doing that. They've chose to correct. Do that. I'm just was illustrating just the human nature in it all. I guess. I guess you so say. the only last question that I had on it is why isn't that video or why isn't that song available on YouTube? On it used to be on Radio WV, and it's no longer on Radio WV. So I was curious about that. Like, is there some sort of, uh, was there some sort of issue with it? No, there, there isn't. I guess, honestly, man, I just kind of got in my own head a little bit about my own music and like what I wanted out there and, and like what, honestly, it was just me being hard on myself as a musician. I just didn't think it was, 
I love the message behind it, and I love uh, like the lyrics and stuff like that. It's just that as a musician, I just didn't. I thought it was like really early on. I didn't really know how to sing and stuff yet. I felt like I, that was just me, like getting wow. on myself, being hard. Yeah, I wouldn't have been nearly it's still as hard available on Facebook though. So, okay. not totally so it is still public on Facebook. It's still public on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, I made it proud. I still have the video. I could up. I could honestly upload it back up on my YouTube or something like that. I just. Oh man, you should relearn it. You should redo it because I think that it was worth it. And I think, like Andrew was saying before, the only reason I really bring it up, the message is so worthwhile, especially now, man. Yeah, but not even that. Like as a fellow musician, dude. Like, I would like to see kind of like if you do redo it, I'd like to see both videos, right? I'd like to right. see the original version. And then kind of where you've come from. The evolution. How, how you've developed the evolution of Raven Rife, you know? Um, and I don't think you sound bad at all in that mm -hmm. song. I actually agree. I actually, I actually think you sound great. I think you sound very good as well. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's oh. very, it's, and I know what you were going for, right? You were going for like that raw sound where you weren't trying to distract anybody with the music itself, but you were trying to put those lyrics out there. So yeah. it conveyed the message beautifully. Yeah, I guess it was just, at that time, that right after that, right after I released that video, and then I released Bye Bye, the poaching song mm -hmm. about the dude who's like living off the land and stuff. And that's kind of like almost like a, also like a song that talks about the government and stuff in it. Absolutely. Uh, but once I did those songs, I did one other song, Brother, which I don't have any problems with these songs. It's just that I toured, right? I started touring as a musician. When I say touring, I'm not talking about fancy schmancy. I'm talking about like meeting random people on the internet that I didn't know, them letting me stay in their camper at their house in Missouri. I mean, becoming great friends and family with them, but going out to like backwoods bars everywhere. And like, right. like I, I mean, this was a great period in my life to do this. Like I wouldn't have had it any other way. And every musician needs to go out and rough it and really like be breaking down from gig to gig just to make 150, 200 bucks. That's an important part of it. But just me like I wrote a lot of songs I guess that were super emotional and every time you play them you got to get into in, it yeah. into it mm. man I, you know what I mean like I'm not up there putting on an act and acting you get what I'm saying like some right. are and for the people who are that's fine because it's entertainment but for that stuff that I wrote about I was like I was like I'm gonna write about the real stuff I can write about which all my stuff is but but all of it's not so serious Right. Uh, and I'm always going to fluctuate on that line of like, it's like me venting, but it's not super sad or it's me venting and it's sad for a little bit. Then it's me going through this change. And that's what some of my new stuff has been. But, right. but your new stuff kind of involves like that, that kind of not so serious vibe to it where you can yeah. get away with going about deeper topics without coming off so serious. Yeah. It's not, and, as, it's not as raw. It's not as folky. And, yeah. And, like I think about like, I think about Little Donut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess it was, I would be playing these bars just like somebody's like, sing that. You know, maybe I'm just a weird, socially weird dude or something who's trying to be a musician and trying to learn how to be socially weird, but also be a musician who performs yeah. like emotional songs in front of people. And that's okay because I'm early, you know, I'm a new right. musician. I'm not like being a lot of my friends that I record. But there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's just that's that's what it is, man. So that's why it's that initial uh just figuring out myself and what I want to do. Type. Yeah, I mean, 
so many people love a raw sound and not even just like a, a broken down, stripped down, like acoustic sound, kind of like Bye Bye or Letter to a Senator. But even like with the, the, the rawness in your lyrics and that early stuff, and it, it's just real. It's real, you know, and people like that because it's relatable, especially, you know, especially people in, I know a lot of, say, coal mining or blue collar areas, right? Like they relate to that stuff. They relate to those lyrics about real life. Yeah, I, I guess it's uh, I guess I kind of wanted to explore some different stuff, too, because where I was so involved in recording other people, in a sense, like my page that I was running for other musicians, they were also writing in that they like, you know, I kind of like started documenting a lot of that type of stuff to where I was like, I'm doing enough in that area, like. I just wanted to be different, I guess you could say. You know, I wanted to find a way to be different. And with that new album, it wasn't me. You know, like when I'm talking about home, like I went through a lot of like, I mean, you know, notoriously, you know, from my dad and me. I'm married now, thank God, with like a great wife that, you know, I couldn't be more thankful for. But back in the day, I had a lot of woman issues. Like it runs in my family. And <laughs> so, like that was like, yeah. a, like a lot of like ups and downs. Sure. That I go through and I kind of documented a lot of that and just like in life like am I supposed to be di- this like I would get invested in this in a business with other people then it would fail and then but okay I want to do this and then that would fall and then I'll be okay it's this girl and then that would fail you yeah. get what I'm saying like dude I'm just like constantly like very up and down type dude and so in that this last project with home now you can kind of see in it like, you know, I'll be in home now, like in the beginning, I'm like all depressed. I'm like, what did I do? Here I am, like back in my town. Like, but then, then I remember, I'm like, wait, but I got a guitar. You know what I mean? Then I'm like, yeah. you know, and that's kind of like the trend. And then in like Little Donut in that, that's just straight up like me making funny of the f- fun of the fact that like I want to die because I'm so depressed. You know, yeah. it's just yeah. like all stuff that we deal with. It was just. You know, at the time, I guess I was just burnt out on the right. Apple folk music scene because I work in it, dude. You know, right. you know what I'm saying? That makes sense. So you were looking for something a little bit different. Yeah, and that doesn't mean I won't ever do that because I write songs, you know, folky songs and more just acoustic stripped down songs. I've been now that I've been picking up a guitar more. It's just that, uh, you know, I had to take a. I guess take because those scenes are very judgmental. And when I first got into all that stuff and working around that scene, it's like they almost made me feel ashamed that when I grew up, I, I liked listening to like, you know, Blink-182 and the White Stripes and, and like, you know, right. pop music and rap music too. You know what I mean? Like, I like, yeah, I liked everything. It's just that um, in that scene, it was almost like they're like, oh, everything else is horrible but but this and then yeah. you know what i'm saying so it's kind of like i wanted to break away from it for a little bit for sure so that i can truly figure out what my musical legacy shall be that <laughs> too because growing up in new jersey like i said before it's kind of like what you were describing there like with blink 182 or you know nirvana whatever it may be that was really popular here conversely country was not popular here at all and i would get shamed for liking it or listening to it oh why do you listen to that country shit oh it's terrible right mm-hmm. so it's almost like the same exact idea but reverse right like everything but country exactly. terrible for you but here it's like 
everything's good except country, right? Yeah. Whereas, and it made me feel like, well, what am I doing wrong? I love country music. I love writing country music. I love playing country music, right? It's, it's one of the it, reasons it, it made me not. <laughs> yeah, it is. Exactly, man. And maybe that's a lesson. It made to me, me feel like I didn't belong. Yeah, maybe that's a lesson to me that like how how like I guess dumb it is of me to like let anxieties of locals that you're around and that you operate within the place you grew up like affect what you do because honestly and that's also kudos to the internet because it kind of gives everybody a chance to like I guess commune together you know what I'm saying you know like how you just described you know there but you can listen to our page from down here and you know you can relate to that so yeah, it's not only relate to it, but a lot of it too is hearing the part of the story that we know we're not being told. All right. Yeah. And that's a huge portion with music like yours. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff, dude. Uh, there, there's, I don't know what it is about down here um, versus up there or other places, but, you know, it's weird. Like, you know, I'm sure you've seen one of my songs on Truthful Sessions where it talks about like sexual abuse and stuff. Um, but see, even that it's weird, dude. There's, I don't know me and my, um, my wife and me and my mom have even talked about it, but it seems so weird that like, that's so common, dude. Like stuff like that has happened to a lot of people from where I'm from. I don't know if it's because it's isolated. Like we're a little bit more isolated, you know, Mm -hmm. and stuff that like stuff has kept hush hush in communities or within families or, or whatever. And you know, I don't know, it could be different in, like, other countries, like, more, like, impoverished countries, it could be even way worse, like, I don't want to act like we got it so bad, you know, it's, but statistically compared to, like, us, yeah, no, West Virginia does have it worse, and I actually lived in Oklahoma for a little bit, and, like, West Virginia, right, it's, was very prevalent there, and I think, I have no, no data to back this up, but I have a feeling that it's because of the socioeconomic status in those areas, just because, I guess those poorer areas tend to be associated with more crime and more violence in general. That would be my best guess. I guess that is that that would probably have something to do with that. I mean, like older, you know, I'm sure it has a little bit to do with older, like honestly, like dead bit more like deadbeat people living with like younger kids, like who haven't moved out into the world and they're like, you know, 50 years old or something like that. And like, haven't done, I see, you know, there's, there's a lot of that. Uh, just dead beats. You know, well, I'm just saying, like, when I say that, I mean, like, you know, I'm not shunning anyone, but I'm saying, I guess there's a lot of people for drugs or whatever reason. Say they have like a parent who has a, a piece of land, a house. Say they're like injured, they have some kind of government check that's coming in, mm. and and this person who's their kid has like a drug problem or whatever they have, and or, or maybe they're just lazy and they don't want to work and like they it, they go on and they're 50 years they still have they're 50 years old but they can still rely on that people and still stay there say they've had kids say their siblings have had kids say somebody a lot of grandparents are raising babies that's very true so like then they're living with all these young kids this it just presents the opportunity for like weird stuff to happen it does no that makes a lot of sense and it's not and it's not direct relatives a lot of times taking care of young children yeah 
I'm sure inner cities, I'm sure it's no different in inner cities and like the projects and stuff like that. I'm sure it's about the same type of stuff, you know. It is. No, and you, when you said like a lot of grandparents are raising kids too, like, I don't know if this is causation or correlation, maybe a little bit of both, but you know, I heard something that like, if you take care of yourself and you raise your kids, your grandparents can spoil, like your parents can spoil your kids, right? But if you don't raise your kids, your grandparents are going to have to raise your kids instead of being able to spoil them. Right. So there's yeah. a big difference there. Yeah, yeah. That's, true. that's true, man. And it really changes the role of that person in their life for sure. Yeah, it really does. So I did want to talk about, you know, kind of, kind of branches out from like the socioeconomic stuff, but it kind of goes back to your inspiration or in a way a little bit. I want to know a little bit about you and Kanye driven and how that all came about. Well, um, I was actually, my friend Kyle, um, he, one of my friends that I had growing up, he had a, he started dating this girl who I was friends with growing up. She's one of my best friends. And he, he was from San Diego. He moved to West Virginia to play baseball at a college here. He ends up having a baby with her. I nice. meet, Me and him become really good friends. Then they split. He moves to Wyoming where his, some of his family was and starts working construction. Uh, meanwhile, COVID happens and people are like, I had a bunch of music shows booked and stuff. And that's when I was really going hard with like first, just really, I did it as a getaway at first. Right. Uh, whenever I started touring. So I was like in that crazy living in a van phase. He calls me, he says, Hey man, come out to Wyoming, uh, for two weeks. I'm on unemployment at the time because I lost all my shows. So I filed for unemployment. I was getting unemployment living, you know, I was like, I'm going to, you know, take unemployment. My shows just got canceled. So I was uh, living the life essentially there for a little bit, like living in La La Land. I go out to Wyoming. Uh, I buy this like $900 minivan, go out there. I had a weird feeling when I went out there that I was going to, he had told me something about Kanye living there where he lived in Cody, but I wasn't sure. Right. Um, you know, I, I hadn't thought a lot about it. I just knew that Kanye was one of my favorite rappers and stuff growing up. I didn't know that he was a huge producer and stuff till after I met him. I didn't Got know it. that was like his actual role. And I go out there and it's a town called Cody, Wyoming. It's like the gateway to Yellowstone. Yep. And I was just crashing. I played at this bar called the Silver Dollar uh, in Cody one night for tips. And then they liked me really well. So they actually paid me to come play. They paid me like 120, 150 bucks or something <laughs> like that to come play. I think either the day after or the next week, I'm, I'm not sure. I stayed out there for like two weeks and I came after and I played and I was I had a weird intuition on my way there, like from God, for some reason I was going to meet Kanye West. I, I don't know why. Like, it's not like, you know, you're going to meet somebody just because you go to a town they're near at the time he was building the easy factory there. I don't think, I'm not sure if that ever went through because I th I believe when he got divorced, he pulled out of all the construction company stuff mm. before uh, he was his, his company, his building company that built uh, the Easy Factory and built, he was building the Easy Lab and built his house and built a few other things in Cody, Wyoming, mm -hmm. was like married to my friend Kyle's construction company that he worked for. That Got it. 
his bosses. So like they had a lot of contracts that like that was their biggest contract that this little construction company had got was like working for Kanye doing all right. This and now they're out. Yeah. And uh, then I remember him telling me like a few months before it was even announced in the news, he was like, nah, man, they, they moved me up to Laramie because uh, Kanye hasn't paid this or whatever, because he's preparing for divorce. So that was before mm. anybody knew about it. I knew that that was happening. So that was pretty cool. But <laughs> anyways, I'm playing in this bar. Um, yeah. uh, it gets to the end of my set and Kanye walked in. He walked in the front door. It was this small little narrow bar. And at the, I'm, I'm like, how can I illustrate this on this? Okay, so if this door right here is, well, just imagine a hallway. I'm right here playing just like I am now. And there's like 20 yards in front of me. Yeah. It's not very wide and it's just a straight hall. Well, there's a table behind me with like a pool table and then there's one other seating table and then the rest of the bar is in front of me. Got it. So they're seating behind me. Well, Kanye's crew, I guess it was like the typical people he rolls with around there is like some dorky looking kids who probably went to art school in Europe or something like that, you know, like who took for design or fashion or something like that. And he, he walks in and he's on his way back there to talk to them. And, uh, I was, I think I was almost done. And my friends was like, dude, Kanye's coming in here. You better plug your stuff back in. (laughs) (laughs) I was done with my set, you know, and he starts walking in. They were like, you better plug your shit back in right now. So I'm like turning my knobs and like checking my guitar. And he he walks past me. And I guess maybe somebody had told him, hey, you got to hear him or something like that as he was walking in. I don't know if one of my friends got on his ear or what, but he he turns to the side and he was like, hey, man, he was like, he taps on my shoulder and he was like, I'm going to make a phone call. He said, I'll be back in like, uh, I'll be back in like 15 minutes. I want to, I want to be able to listen. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. You know, and he walks outside. He First he walked behind it and greeted his people. And then he walked back outside to make a phone call. Yeah. When he made the phone call, they were like, I, I was playing my songs. I didn't want him to hear. Dude, I'm a new musician. I just started playing guitar like two years before that. Just started writing songs and then was just touring just to get away from having a real job at the moment and, fi- and figure out what I wanted to do in life. Yeah. Like I wasn't some seasoned musician. So of course I'm nervous, dude, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm playing the songs that I don't want him to hear that I've already <laughs> played in the bar, like random stuff. And time's going by, and I'm like, you know what? Like 15, 20 minutes had went by almost, it seemed like. And my friend Kyle comes up to me. He's like, bro, he's like, he's not here. He left or whatever. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna uh I'm not gonna be that guy who sits here and like plays and plays just so like I can play in front of this person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I played three songs, and on my third song or third or fourth song. Uh, in the end of it, I was like, I was like, Lord, if I'm supposed to, I, I said a prayer. I was like, if I'm supposed to meet Kanye, let it happen. If I'm not, don't let it happen. You know, because I didn't want to like have regret and be like, oh, I stopped. But also, I didn't want to like try too hard at the same time. Because I'm a big believer in like just doing whatever like God's will is for your life. And as soon as I said that in my head at the end of the song, because I was just going through the motions, ending it. As soon as I said that, he walks in the front door. And there you so. Go. 
was like, oh, crap. <laughs> you know, and he walked in the front door and he walks over and sits right next to me. Like, like he don't set. Talk about door. pressure. Holy shit. He sits like everybody, the audience is right there. He sits right next to me in this lone chair near the bar, kind of where they do the money exchange for drinks at the end of the bar. Right. And, he's, and he's sitting right there and he sits right there and I kind of ignore, I play this mashup song, get the bar kind of pumped up at first. And, uh, you know, it was like, we, it was like, people was going crazy. I played this mashup of like country roads, get low and like wagon wheel or something. Typical. It was, I was just being funny. And then I played the song I actually want to play and which was like this song that was like halfway written that I just feel like would be a good song for him to flip. It was a kink, like a kid Cuddy inspired song. I used to be a really big Kid Cudi fan back in the day. I mean, he's kind of crazy. I don't, I'm not really, he's kind of crazy now, but back in the day, he had some really good stuff. And mm. uh, in like my middle school years, and I played him a song that was kind of Kid Cudi, like Kanye inspired. And he, and I tuned him out. Like once I had that initial interaction with him and I played that first song, he was like, and I seen he was like getting into it and stuff. I tuned him out so that I didn't want to like, be weird or cringy and like just sitting here like you know looking right at him and I just play and I zone him out and uh I played like three or four songs and at the end of it I didn't know he was recording me or anything like that but at the end of it I was like on my last song playing and his security guard comes up to him he has security around him that's like probably mil- he looked like a military dude mm, yeah they're, most likely they, but they're in regular clothes and they don't walk beside him like security like Kanye walks around like just he's a person by himself he has security like out in the crowd like blending in you get what I'm saying right and this dude comes up to me and he he drops two hundred dollar bills and it was actually more than what I was paid for the bar gig that night <laughs> And uh, he drops those in my tip, and he goes, compliments of Mr. West. I guess he didn't want people to see him tipping me, so he texted his security guard and had him bring it to me. Yeah. Well, so I fin- I was like, thank you, and I finished up. And when I was wrapping my cords up, by that time, I think maybe a kid or a few people would came up to him beside of him to try to get a picture. So he, re- like, reverted back to sit with his crew to have, like, a meeting, essentially, in the bar, like a social meeting. Right. And uh, he, I'm sure he didn't want to, like, take attention away from a musician who was playing. That's why he went back there because people were coming up to him, like like younger kids and stuff. Right. And whenever I was wrapping my cords up, his security guard actually came back up to me. And he was he said, you make sure you go thank Mr. West for that. And that's what he, and that's what he said to me. I was like, OK, I will. And then in the meantime, my people were coming up to me like, dude, he recorded like three of your songs and he was smiling. He was sitting there recording them all on his cell phone and he was smiling and like saying that stuff to me and like saying that it looked like he was sending them to people and different. Everybody was like, you know, like hyped me up, coming up to yeah. me. After that, I went back and I was like, well, I'm going to go thank Mr. West, like his security guard told me I should. And <laughs> I went master. back there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he came and he was having this conversation with this, uh, this one chick who looked like she was like, I don't know, like a model slash like fashion designer or something like that, like artist or just like a pretty well-educated looking chick. And uh, they were talking about like designers or something like that. Just some weird, like really high class combo that I would never have business, you know, <laughs> but I was, I was like sitting there kind of next to him. Like I didn't want to interrupt him. And he, he immediately mid conversation, like just like, 
looks away from that girl he's in mid conversation and like smiles ear to ear and he's like he's like bro that was fire and and that me up and he asked me a little bit about myself and stuff and I told him where I was from I didn't want to ask you that that's the main thing like like God had like shown me that I was going to meet him when I come out there but I wasn't going to ask him for anything you know how many people this man has asking him for something you know what I'm saying right. so, so instead I offered I was like hey man I appreciate it or whatever I was like if you ever need anything at the at the uh, at the ranch because the ranch is close by if you guys ever need any entertainment you know like or anything like that just just hit me up I can you know play for you guys any parties or anything like that mm. you know so I just offered him something like that I didn't offer like hey dude we gotta do a song together or like I need you you know what I mean I just like right. service because that's what I'm there doing you right. know is is a just like performing for entertainment and and he was like oh yeah he was like I'm gonna actually I'm gonna have you give your number to my uh the dude you met and he said hold on wait actually I think I'm gonna have you I'm gonna introduce you to my assistant Paul I want you to give your contact info to him hmm. and he was like you know and we said our goodbyes and I met Paul and this Paul dude was his assistant who walked in with him with a clipboard like for their meeting and he had one through ten on the list and on number ten uh, it was blank. It had stuff written on one through 10 and he wrote my name down on number 10 on the list on the clipboard, my contact info or whatever. And I was like, peace. And I was like, Hey man, God bless. I'll see you later. See you later. And I left, you know, and then I just like took everything in, you know? Yeah. And, sure. uh, yeah. And, uh, like I said, some people had sent me, somebody else posted the video of, uh, of Kanye, recording me so i was like i'm gonna post it then i didn't even tell anybody dude i just told a couple of friends like i didn't go straight home and like post it or nothing like i did i just like i almost thought it was a joke so somebody took a picture of of him uh sitting there i'll get into more of the philosophical stuff about it in a second like what everything like how everything went down and what it meant but I messed with my friends at first, so I just sent my friend a picture. I was like, hey, bro, I sent him a picture of, of me playing in the bar with him, Connie to the left, like recording me or whatever. Just they probably thought it was a meme, and they thought you yeah. photoshopped it. Yeah, just the, just the person. I sent it to him, and I said, bro, check that out. And he was – or I don't remember what I said. He was like – I sent it to a couple different friends, and one of my friends was like, who is that? I'll catch. Who is that? Who is that? And they was like, is that, you know, I sent it to my friends who was big Kanye fans and, and whatnot. And uh, it was just a funny joke that I had with a couple people like, yeah, dude, I, I Kanye recorded me or whatever. And like I had a couple people freaking out, but it was just funny. I didn't like post it or nothing like that. In my mind, I was just so thankful for everything. Uh, I don't want to ramble on. Do you have any questions before I ramble on for a little bit more? Oh, this is great. Yeah, oh, no, nice. I mean, honestly, I want to hear all about this. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Well, uh, so the thing about it is, man, it's like, you know, I was, when I was there, the stuff that I played him, it was also, like I said, when I first started, Radio WV starts popping off a little bit at the time. Right. I'm, I'm learning my ranks in like, like how to play in the music scene back home. Um, I'm a blonde haired, blue eyed kid. Like, I'm not like, uh, I don't like look real rough and tough, like badass outlaw dude. So like, right. I just felt like a lot of intimidation and judgment when I first started releasing music that like back home. Now you guys don't see that. 
Correct. Because you're where you are. But back home, I was like, these people, I don't know how seriously they're going to take me and my music as being genuine. And just the how like strict that scene was of like, oh, it's gotta be outlaw or or nothing or outlaw or nothing, yeah. Or, or this or that, like, or like, oh, this type of music sucks, and this is the true music. Like, which I, I agree with to some extent. I'm not gonna say they don't have a point in certain areas, but at a certain point, even the outlaw dudes are trying to be outlaw. Even like the even like the real people are trying to be real. You know what I mean? Like right. I, if right. that, makes, if that makes sense it's like this yeah. about poverty and his and, and stuff and his dad's like the governor of canada or something e- exactly yeah exactly like, it, yeah it, or i heard that about uh I ain't, I ain't gonna say it i ain't gonna say it but because it don't matter but um <laughs> but anyways what record. i'm saying is when i went there with kanye i played him a song that back home I wouldn't have played at a bar. They'd been like, who's this emo indie sounding kid? You know what I mean? Playing this like weird, like pop rappy, like indie right. song. So, and for me, I played him what he would like, and he thought it was dope. And I thought, you know what? If I play a song like that and Kanye West thinks it's cool. And like, I got home and I researched the fact that he had like been a huge, created hits for Beyonce, um, like all kinds of people. Rihanna, like he had actually produced hits for, for like awesome songs for and like masterpieces for all these people. I was like, if he thinks my stuff is cool and I wouldn't play that back home, I was like, dude, I'm not going to follow that like strict, like has to be back home approved. Right. When it comes to my music, because right. dude, I've got to be myself. Strict cookie cutter stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that was like freeing to me in that I was like, you know what? I was myself for Kanye and not saying that my folk music isn't myself, dude, because I mean, that's a part of my life too. Right. Um, you know, but it the was part that wants to me. come out is finally coming out. Yeah. It was like freeing to me. It's like, yeah, dude, you can be yourself. You know, you wouldn't have played that back home and you played it for Kanye. He thought it was dope. He said it was fire. So therefore my music is not going to be, I'm not going to be like, how is this going to go over with this crowd or that crowd anymore? I'm just going to release music however I want to at the time. I might go through a blues phase, dude, and I might be singing the blues. I might be, you know what I mean? I might make something that's straight pop or poppy, funny. It like makes so much sense. It makes you know? so much sense to me. Yeah, man. So that, that was kind of freeing to me. And that, yeah. that totally explains it. And that feeling of like being free as an artist, there's nothing – there's nothing that feels better than that, right? When you're not constricted by any, like, local norms, like for you out there, right? Oh, you gotta be, you gotta strictly be like Tyler Childers' outlaw, right? Or the Huntington scene, which I'm not entirely familiar with, but based on what you're saying, right? Or if here, right, if I was to try and go out and play country music, it'd be like the same thing, right? Be like, what is this kid doing, right? Like, so like, for an artist, say, who like is in like New York City, say, and wants to play country music, or in any sort of like market where like a certain type of music isn't popular that say like they like creating, like what advice would you have to them? Well, that's a great question. I mean, you're talking to two of them. You're talking to two middle of the road, halfway leaning right wingers from New Jersey. So that's a a great, um, well, I would say my advice would be, you know, the market and 
the world nowadays is so inundated with so much stuff. So, so many songs are uploaded every day. So many people are rapping. So many people are being country singers. So many people are doing this or that. The number one most, there are so many cookie cutter people nowadays. The number one best thing you can be is yourself. And that is what is going to resonate with people because there's only one you. Nobody can beat you at your own game of being yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know um, how many, I mean, like, you know, Jack White, the White Stripes. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, hit him playing out of tune guitars, right. like screeching on, on, you know, he's one of my favorites, but he's himself. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, if he went and played for, Nashville scouts or record label companies now like dude you know how many people would miss the mark on him like now if they were trying to find what's this or that you know right looking for yeah and one of the things that my uh and just to go to society and stuff is you know that's why you have to be yourself because you have the best shot at at whatever you're doing while you're being yourself you can't look look around you and you know luckily you have the internet you know, to, to like get out there, but not just that, but if you do visit different cities, if you're a musician or something like, I guess if you're an instrument player, like hits, one thing that I, I did was I would hit open mics in, uh, for sure in different cities that I would go to. Even if you don't play just like, that would be a connection thing that I would do is just like go there to the open mics in each city I would be at if I'd be traveling for work or whatever. And I would, uh, I would just meet people there. Um, I had a point I was I was gonna make that I, I got kind of lost in. What, what was? But I in saying? the meantime, yeah. I have another question. So I know authenticity is something really important to you know traditionalists and country music and that sort of thing, right? So, do you think when it comes to country music, someone from like California, New Jersey, New York could be an authentic country act or writer. Do you think it's the location you're from or is it what's in your heart? And do you think think that even if like you do come across as authentic, is there still going to be that stigma associated with your name? Like, oh, he's not from here, so he's not real. That's a that's a good point. It's all about what's from your heart, though, because it's not even really about the specifics because you can, you have two categories of songs and I've been around enough songwriters to like explain it is there are, there are specific songs, right? I have a specific song. Bye bye. It is specifically about a man who made his living. I mean, it's in some ways it was about me in the beginning, but then I morphed into this guy's story, but it is specifically about a guy who grew up living off the land, poaching animals, you know, getting into like shootouts with the DNR, the the National Resources Police, you know, selling his wild game, like living an outlaw life, doing these things. That's a specific story. Um, But, and and that's specific. But, you know, look at some of the greats, I guess, like, uh, look at Leonard Skinner. Their songs weren't so specific in their stories like a lot it's it's very popular for specific story like you know white house road by tyler Childers. 
that tells a specific story as well. And that's been popping off for a little bit. But, you know, that's all in the marketing. Whether you're like, this is me and I live that life, or you're, it could be symbolic of something you're, you're going through. Like a lot of Leonard Skinner songs, you know, are more like symbolic. Yeah, for sure. Does that make sense? Uh, So you can write, Okay, if I wrote right White House Road, right? Do you guys both know that song? I love that song. Okay. If yeah. I wrote White House Road by Tyler Childers and I and like if I was from here and I'm market and when I was like putting it out to the world, I said, This is my life, and I did this and I wrote this about that, then that makes it about you, I guess. And like that, I guess that can help authentic authenticity in some people's eyes in a way. But maybe you was just like you wrote that symbolically and you just play it. It depends on how deep you want to get into it with your story. There's nothing wrong with writing parables. I mean, Jesus did it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, I have friends who, who do country music, who, who didn't grow up country, you know, mm. it's there's nothing. It's all about what, uh, and, you know, the fact that we even have to categorize them as country music or Americana or whatever, that's just the exactly. restrictions that our language places on us. Exactly. Absolutely. And I think, I think it's like those, I don't want to call them restrictions, but I think those labels are important to an extent just to just so like we know what we're talking about, right? Exactly. So I, that's the only you know, reason we even use it. Just so I know, all right, you can't just say music because then it's like, well, am I talking about? Am I talking about classic rock? Am I talking about rap? Am I talking about no? Like, if if you say Americana, right? I know right away. I'm talking about like folky, like Appalachian style bluegrass music, right? Exactly. Um, if I'm talking about modern country music, I'm talking about the Nashville scene, right? So it's helpful in that sense. But you're right; it can be very restrictive. And I do appreciate experimentation and creative freedom in that sense. But I want to touch on something you said. You said some of your friends didn't like grow up country per se, and they do country music. But were they still from West Virginia to the point where, like, okay, maybe they didn't grow up country, but since they're from West Virginia, they could get away with it. And then say, like, for example, if I wrote White House Road being from New Jersey, whether it was a parable, whether it was a true story or or not, or something I made up, would that just totally, like, inauthenticate the song? Even though it's a great song, say, theoretically, I wrote it, would the difference in, like, a couple hundred miles of where you and I are from make all that difference, do you think? I guess when you're asking it that way, then we're getting into to like, am I appropriating your culture type thing? You know what I'm saying? In <laughs> Almost, a way, yeah. But in, in a weird way, way, in a weird yeah, way, that's it is. like what the question is. And like, you know, I think, uh, dude, haven't you heard? I mean, like, here's an example. Coulter Wall's dad is like, I don't know. Coulter Wall's dad is, from what I've heard, is like a governor or was like a governor of a province in Canada or something like that, like over a state in Canada or something like that. And he's like, you know what I mean? He's like one of the lives and shit. Yeah. yeah, But, but like, but that doesn't mean Coulter Wall is not a great dude. And that doesn't doesn't mean that he doesn't make awesome music. Right. You know, it portrays the message to where, you know, somebody who lives a hard life, if they want to get in their truck after a hard day and listen to that, who am I to be like, hey, no, he grew up this way or that. <laughs> not, 
in the same way, and I hate and I hate to say it because I used to be against it for a little bit, but now I'm I'm not. Is like the same way that we like we can't look and Jason Isbell. You know who he is? I love him. Great storyteller. Yeah. Great songwriter. He's he's Fun a great man. great storyteller. I do love his songs. He's a great writer, but he's opinionated when it comes to a few things. And he he has this quote where he talks about like how ju- how he's like yes listening to bad like i will judge you i don't over a certain type of music that you listen to like it does make you a worse person which in certain music when and violence and drugs and sex i agree but he's talking about specifically like dumbed down country pop music right he's when he's referring to it and i i used to think this way like oh like like have a good time up down up down up down like that kind That's of stuff nice. I used to be opinionated against that, but here's the thing, dude. One time I went out to Pocahontas County, West Virginia, where there's no cell service, and I was there by myself in the woods for a few days, and I hadn't talked to one person or seen one person. There's no service in the whole county because of there's these telescopes that listen to space there. And so, like, I got a lot of time to think. And this is when I was all against, like, I was, like, anti-pop country and stuff at that time well this song somehow my radio worked for just a split second in the national radio dead zone in the middle of the night it picked up this song that was this corny country song like mainstream pop country song that i would never get caught dead listening to but in that moment of time where i had been without music or anything it sounded good just because it was music and it was to listen to just because it was music so i thought about this if say you you work two jobs you you know, you're barely making it, you you know, you deal with these problems from your, your family, you might have a mom who's alcoholic, whatever, all these different things. And like these stresses in life that you have, if you want to listen to some mindless music, where it's just like, and the bob are going up, down, up, down, who are we like some aristocrats to be like, no, you have to listen to this perfectly written story by Jason Isbell. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying, dude? Right. I know exactly, like that. No, the, that's exactly what the, I was saying, too. I love that you said it, though, because this guy hates this guy hates that kind of country, though. But it's true. I know. I understand, dude. I don't like a lot of it either. I, I, I know what you mean. But, but, yeah. I, had but I do listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do listen to it because it has its place. I don't listen right. to it 24-7. But like you were saying, it's all about context, right? If you If you had a tough day and you just want to listen to some mindless music, right? There's different, like there's different tools in your toolbox for everything. There's mm-hmm. different genres of music for different types of moods, right? They all have their place, right? If you're out on a boat or something, I'm probably not going to be listening to Cover Me Up as I'm trying to get hammered in the summer, right? I'm <laughs> probably going to want to listen. I'm probably going to want to listen to Up Down, yeah, you know, yeah. something that's just like kind of mindless, good time, right? Get your shine on, Florida Georgia Line, right? Stuff's catchy, and believe it or not, that stuff is a gateway to a lot of people to come over to country music, right? And really dig deeper into a lot of the, the more deeper cuts and nuances. I know that's how I got it. Florida Georgia Line, I kind, I kind of, I grew up listening to country, right? Johnny Cash, Big and Rich, Kenny Chesney, uh, Tim McGraw, all the greats, Brooks and Dunn. I kind of got away from it a little bit. And then when Florida Georgia Line kind of broke out on the scene, right? Not only did I really start to indulge in their stuff as a 12-year-old kid, right? But I kind of, I went back to what I would always listen to as I was, Mm. what i grew up on and then it was just no looking back from there so like that bro country as terrible as it can be it served as like a platform for me to go even deeper into my love for country music 
And I hear that a lot from a lot of a lot of people, actually. Like, I never thought I'd listen to country music, but, you know, ever since I started listening to Morgan Wallen say, right. people will say, yeah. oh, well, I, I heard these people called uh, Brooks and Dunn. Have you ever heard of them? <laughs> right? Like, and some so of like, these yeah. songs are, care- dude, some of these songs are carefully written to meet, like, you know, this brand, put this liquor brand in here, put this yeah. truck brand in that. And like, like five writers sitting around in a circle, like expert writers, like this is a certified hit. And then it comes out and the song's still great, still so good. Yeah. Dude, this is why it's so good is because music is a, I don't, I don't know how to read music and I don't know music theory, but this is Nashville, dude. These are where the best, some of the best musicians in the world go and they mm. team up together because that's where the money is. So they know how to make stuff that's good, that's naturally like good. And right. and sometimes it is stuff that's like pandery, you know, in a way. Sure. And, and in a way, I, I think it's you know it's pretty crappy, but <laughs> at the same time, at the same time, it is yeah. what it is, and it's also I mean, it's, it's, it's also good. You know? It's hit or miss. I'm not going to say I love it all. I'm not going to say I hate it all. Yeah. I'll say this when it comes to like boyfriend simp country, like not to name any names, but there's not too much of that I can listen to, like at all. Yeah, but we're dudes though. You know, that's true. That is true. We are dudes indeed. That is very true indeed. So I guess I just have one last thing. Like you were talking about, like, say, like during the time of letter to a senator a couple years ago, you didn't really like your voice. So like, what have you been doing to improve on your voice and kind of get it sounding a little better? Well, um, I did take uh, a little bit of my, my main, I took a little bit of vocal lessons. Okay. I took like four or five vocal lessons and I should go back because like it just helps you. A good vocal teacher will teach you how to sing in your talking voice. And that's like in your forward voice. And you'll have to take vocal lessons to understand what that is, but it's just all about technique. These people who are on the voice and stuff, dude, you know, some of them probably just came out of the womb singing like a bat out of hell, but like most of them are trained. Most of them have had lessons. These are professional. Right. And it teaches you because when I first started playing, I learned like some, because Tyler Childers and uh, the old brother Rarthal album and stuff like that, and Mumford and Sons, that's like what inspired me to learn the guitar. Excuse me. That's what inspired me to learn the guitar. So when I learned their songs and I learned how to sing and play, I would sing those songs. Therefore, I got into what's called mimicry in the beginning, where you get used to singing a certain style of what the songs you're you're learning to learn. Right, but you're kind of matching their style of singing, right? Yeah. I'm trying to get out of that right now myself. Yeah. And that's why vocal lessons are good for um uh, for getting out of like that problem of mimicry because you cannot if you'll like forget what your voice is and it'll mess you up and one thing like he would do this in the game of the lesson his, his name is Mark Hornbaker uh, or Hornbacher he's here in Charleston but he would say my say this my name is Draven my name is Draven he would say say it my name is Draven and you would, like have to warm up talking like that because like you'd be like, hey, yell or I think my wife was telling me about a vocal lesson that she was looking on online. She was saying that it's like you're yelling at a friend across the street, hey, hey, come here, come. Like you have to get you warm comfortable up doing that. that. It's like 
you were memorized. It's like shooting a, a light, shooting a shot. It's right. like you get used to what that feels like to do it right and to talk in your forward voice and stuff, and then you just apply it to sing. It's about like that. The simplified version. And that helped me out a little bit in this last album. I think I, my voice sounded a lot better than the other stuff. I mean, are you thinking of putting some of the older stuff, like uh, Bye Bye and Letter to a Senator up on your Spotify at some point? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I want to definitely put, like, my whole catalog of music up. And, mm. I'm, dude, I have – I mean, you guys have heard those, but I have, like, at this point right now, I'm like – okay, dude, I have, like, all these halfway written songs and, like, right. halfway mailed, like, a laptop full of stuff, dude, full of beats and, and crazy songs that I've made that sound like you've never, any, not like nothing you've ever heard, and then there's, like, folky stuff, and then there's this plethora. It's, like, I have all this stuff, dude, because that's what I like to do is just to write and make stuff up on the spot, like I'm an improv type person. Yeah. Just, like, what do I want to do with it, and where do I start? Dude, I've, got a, I've got a whole journal of stuff, so I, I feel yeah. you. That's just that's where I'm at um, with it. just like trying to figure out what am I supposed to do and when will I know? And I guess I'll have to just pray about it and see. I, I don't know, man. You know, I think you're doing a pretty damn good job, man. Just for the outside looking in. Yeah, I'm man. I, I appreciate it. I guess it's where I'm in the industry, and I have all you know. Like I work, I'm not in the industry, but in a way, I do work in the music business because that's pays a little bit of my bills you know and like doing the stuff for other people so i guess uh you know being involved in all that is just it can make me overanalyze some stuff sometimes and not get done for sure i'm trying to stay off social media as much uh, unless i'm posting something or something like that uh because kind of like a double-edged sword dude i mean for sure it could be really good especially for business but it can really get to your head yeah you gone silent on us, Andrew. I can't hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Now you now you're starting to pick Hello. it up. Hello. That's better. What part of New Jersey are you guys from? So how familiar with New Jersey are you? Uh I went to Atlantic City once. <laughs> okay. So Atlantic City is like we consider that down the shore, I guess you would say, or in a way. Um, that's going to be pretty far south from us, southeast, actually. Um, Andrew's kind of situated, I would say, closer to the middle of New Jersey, still in kind of the northern half. And yeah, yeah, and I'm in, I'm like way north. I'm up near, I'm like, I guess you would say kind of close to like New York City, I guess. I'm like 30 minutes away. Nice, nice. Oh, you're 30 minutes away from New York City? Yeah, I mean, I, with no traffic, so like that's a big caveat, right? But realistically, like they say that my place is amazing to live because I'm an hour from the city and I'm an hour from the shore. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, not even an hour from the sticks if you want that too. That's very true. Yep, that's pretty cool. I think I, I've been in New York a couple times, but uh, I, I asked because my um, my old boss. I moved to Wilmington, North Carolina, which is a port city in North Carolina. Nice. I had this boss. I applied on Indeed. He called me. This was whenever after I left that one business and I was just, I'd been doing the Radio WV for a while and was like so broke that my, I, you know, I was barely had a car. Right. And I, uh, so I started applying to jobs. I went down to my mom's house in North Carolina so I could apply to jobs online and stay with her for a little bit. And I was just looking for 
just, you know, my next move where I was going to go. And I applied to this job called uh, a marketing director for a maternity product company where they made these pregnancy mattresses that were these blow up mattresses with a hole in the middle so a pregnant lady could lay face down and get back relief is the only mattress like it. This dude from New Jersey called me, who's the CEO, the owner of it. This is like really straight edge business guy. His name is Logan Zanke. He called me and he was like super Jersey accent. He was like, uh, he's like, so I got a question. I'm sitting here looking at your resume on uh, Facebook. He's like, I got a question. How do you own a beard company, but you ain't got a beard? <laughs> he looked me up on Facebook and he was like, I think that's pretty good. And I just explained to him how I got into it. He was like, well, I think that's pretty good because I own a pregnancy product company and I'm a dude. <laughs> and so he called me and I, I went down to him and it was just like straight business minded Jersey dude. I worked for, for a little bit and all I did, I moved down there and all I did every single day was edit and shoot videos and find pregnant women on Craigslist and on Facebook ads and shoot videos of them using this mattress. We even had Snooky do a testimonial for this mattress called the Cozy Boom. <laughs> so if you talk about crazy jobs, dude, that's the least cra- – like I've, I've like worked on horse farms and did it all, you know, honestly. But that was that was one of them I did. So what are you doing now? Right now, recently, there for a while, I was just doing music videos full-time uh, there for a bit and – Recently, I started working as a contractor for my friend's construction or my friend's dad's construction company. I worked for him on and off in college, but I literally hold a sign. I like most half the time I'm the I'm the dude who holds the sign for the gas company. Like whenever we have to stop traffic, slow slow and stop, dude. I swear. So I have a lot of time to think if you can't tell. Yeah. you know, yeah, it's I coming out. YouTube channel pays the bills. I'm, I make like about, you know, I make around the same on the YouTube channel that I do working full time for this job. But honest to God, and that's going to be kicking up soon. Honestly, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm doing, what the next move is, dude. You know, I wasn't, I found that I had a little bit too much time. Right. Like, why would, you know, you were doing when you were just doing radio? Yeah. Do, okay. Yeah. And I'm married now. I'm like, what, yeah, when I was just doing that stuff, it's like, I couldn't there for a little bit. I couldn't get a hold of myself like and schedule my time. So I was like, dude, having this much trouble, you need to get off your ass and go do something in the real world for a little bit. You know, right. Get yourself back on track. Yeah. I'm just really, I'm just trying to, you know, figure everything out and and remain productive. So I'm I'm doing that. I've been starting to write a little bit more and and do. Yeah. So, um, I mean, really, what, what do we what do we got to put out for you, man? I know we're gonna definitely be putting out your radio, your radio show for YouTube. I'm definitely gonna be putting out your Spotify and everything. What else? Where else could people find you, man? Ah, uh, shoot, dude. I guess on everything else that's a social media. Draven Rife, D R A V E M R I F F E. That's uh, I'm. You can just look it up on everything. Now, dude, I have a ton of as far as me that I know I'm gonna have to upload. Mm. I have a lot of a few vlogs that I've been in like I'm talking like 30 minute I'm doing it like kind of like the opposite I have a lot of a few friends who have popped off on TikTok and and stuff like go really hard with that stuff I know that the short form content is more like likely to it's the more logical thing to do but 
for whatever reason, I'm just I'm wanting to like go really hard with my personal YouTube channel. Sure. Like not only on the music side of things, but just on whatever. And I've got like some vlogs of me and my family and stuff uh, that I'm gonna put up that nice. I have. They're like literally like 30 minutes long, and uh, I've been working on I'm working on this like little documentary with my friend John, who we own Radio WV. That we're thinking about posting on there. That's about this like big crazy plane crash marijuana thing that happened in the seventies. Uh, okay, I'm gonna be working on that with him. And as far as me, I mean, I have some stuff. I'm, I mean, I'm a musician, so I write music and stuff. I just got to figure out yep. when to put it out. I'm considering like trying to find somebody to like, or just have my wife run be like my social media person who puts stuff out so that I can sure. I don't know, man. I'm just trying to figure it out. I got so much going on. I'm not like a huge millionaire person with like all these crazy businesses, but at the same time, my right. mind is just all over the place. If you can't yeah, tell. Entrepreneur's mindset, dude. Like entrepreneurs, like, very scattered. Yeah, dude. So I'm I'm just trying to figure it out and get a hold of everything. Absolutely. Radio WV is being successful for you financially. You were saying it's paying some bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We make, you know we make a little bit on ads and. You know, we charge for for sessions for people, like you know what I mean, and and right. you know, we, we make ad revenue on there, um, but on Facebook and YouTube, I'm not going well for it. Really happy to hear that. Yeah, but I mean, it took a long time, dude. We didn't get monetized until you know it was almost two and a half, three. It was almost three years before we got monetized of just going ham, right? You now of like subscribers, right? You know, you don't take in the cost of uh, the time you don't have a real job to do something like that in right. the beginning. Because at first, if, if I wouldn't have been, like, in the thick of it with my friends and, like, you know, living like a vagabond and stuff, it wouldn't have had its character that it did starting out. Right. If that makes sense. I mean, I still live cheap and stuff. I don't live a luxurious life or anything like that. But, you know. Listen, we're all real. But all that signifies is that, you know, you're down to earth, real human being, just like all of us. We all are, brother. That's it, man. Ain't that exciting? I think we're good. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, this was, this has been fantastic. I know this was a long time in the making. We were really looking forward to it. Sorry, I rambled on, dude. I know I definitely rambled on a lot. No, no, no. This is exactly. Yeah, this is pretty much beautiful, man. Awesome, man. Well, I, I wish you guys the best in your endeavors. You. Uh, you gotta gotta keep at it, dude, and keep at it. You know, this or whatever other projects. You know. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah. Just stop over here. You know, you just gotta do whatever. You know, whatever you're led to do. You know, that's that's my only advice. I'm not, I'm not on the Forbes or anything, but you know, as far as like doing stuff, as far as like just having an idea of something artistic and doing. I mean, we've been able to do at least one thing that seems to be changing people's lives because the thing is, is it actually does the people we put on our channel. It actually does change their life. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You can have, you actually have kids who are, you know, I just want to say John Price. That's, that's who, you know, that's the other head honcho 50, 50, my dude at radio WV. Um, but when me and him put people on there, it could be someone who, is like just living on their friend's couch or something. And then all of a sudden, a couple of weeks later, after their video blows up, they're getting paid seven fifty to 
$1,600 a show. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, that's life-changing, man. That is really life-changing. You know, I'm and sure like booked out that. for like a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, I'm sure, but that gives you a lot of purpose in what you do, man. And that that is honestly like props to you. Props to you I and John you for said, that. I know you said before you kind of like there's a vetting process of who you let on there, but you also say that you charge them. So like can anyone just come to you and be like, oh, I want to pay you this much money for you to shoot my video and put me on there? Or will you shoot a video for anybody, but you just decide who gets to go on, on the channel? Um, when it comes to that, I couldn't just like do it for like, you know, there could just be some person with a bunch of money come to me and be like, put this song on there. Cause I have a partner in it. There's, there's, I've had businesses where I had like two other partners and, you know, in those businesses, you can have two people make like team up on the other person. Right. If you have a business where you have somebody 50 50, you know, that you trust, you're still going to have times where you don't get along. You're still going to have times where you might have a disagreement. But as long as you're open about everything financial, there's nothing that's hidden. All the finances are open. Each person has access to the books, all that stuff. Right. Um, each person also has like, it's it's like they're there in a way to check you. You know what I'm saying? So like, right. you know, I have him to, uh, you know, not just anybody. Like he'll be like, okay, should we put that? You know, does that fit our channel? You get what I'm saying? Right. If that makes sense. Uh, it does. And uh, it's that kind of thing. There's no set price or anything like that. Like there's people who work certain who don't have that, you know, they work like at a sandwich shop or something like that, you know? Yep. So I'm not going to charge them the same as someone who has a full ass career and, you know, or, or whatever. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It makes, makes sense. Um, so it's just, it's just whatever. And it also has to do with the the song, you know, and, and all yep. that, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm going to follow you on Instagram after this. And if you don't mind, send me over that vocal coach that you have. I don't know if he works virtually or not, but I mean, I'm looking for someone good. Oh yeah. I'll send you his stuff, but I would say, uh, honestly, I would say find one and I'll, I'll send you his stuff. I don't, I'm not sure if he can do virtually. Okay. I would try to find someone. Mine was, it was 50 bucks or less in here. So I would definitely, I would look into some, uh, where you're at though. For sure. Right. Yeah. There's no, it beats that first couple in person ones. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's that's a good point. Yeah, but regardless, I'll be following you on Instagram. So look yeah, for sure. I'll follow you back, man. Of course. My man, Draven, thank you so much for coming on. I hope everybody enjoyed it. As for Andrew, Draven, Sal, I'll see you guys next week. And damn, I wish I were to fucking say. I want to be something, not nothing Trapped inside my dream and I'm running Running away from these demons But the feeling's so good, I'ma keep dreaming